everybody. Welcome back to Yanks of the Cup. We are here for the post-match reactions for the 1-1 tie at the Etihad against Man City. As always, I'm your host, Stephen, with my main lads, Andrew and Mahomie. But, you know, for this big match, we want to bring on a special guest. You know, her Twitter is at Sophie underscore underscore. Sophie, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it. I mean, Sophie, why don't you kick us off? What were your overall, you know, um, reactions to the one-one talk, one-one uh, draw today? Being honest, I take the draw. To be honest with you, you know, you go up against City, they're a world-class team. You can't deny that. And to go to the Etihad, which is undoubtedly a very difficult game for any team, and to come away with the draw, I mean, I'd take that any time. Say, you know, any week, I'd have that draw. You know, would I prefer to win? Yeah, no doubt. But I'm all right with it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, especially when you think back to our last two or three games there, I think I think we've been outscored 11 to 1 at the Etihad. So um, really good result to get the 1-1 draw. I thought we started really well. The first 25, 30 minutes, I thought we started off really well. I did predict the lineup, so I'll give myself a pat on the back for that. Good job, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. First time the entire year I got it right. So, you know, props to me there. But yeah, I think, I think after, I think really in the second half, I don't think it was either team really changing what they were doing. I think the conditions really came down to it. It got a lot more sloppy. Um, and honestly, the the one point means a lot more to us than it does to them. They really needed the three points. And the fact that we deny them of that, I think that helps us going forward. But, well, homie, what were your overall thoughts of the game? Well, I'm happy to draw. At the same time, I feel like it's two points dropped, to be honest, because I feel that – if our final ball had just been that better, we'd win that game. You know, there are too many times when in the first half we had good counters and the decision-making was poor. Like, I thought Sadio Mane should have shot instead of trying to pass to Salah to pass the training. should have shot. The shot was on. I thought Bobby should have scored in the first two minutes when he's put through one-on-one. Um, and then I thought Jota really should have scored when he had that chance in the second half. Like you, He's buried this chance before, so I thought he should have at least hit the target or Forced. But I can't complain the draw, but I just feel like the second half killed me, to be honest. You know how I think the commentator said that like in the first half we were playing lots of balls forward. Second half we went to playing more sided passes. And I felt that Shaq wasn't the right substitution. He should have brought Nami Catron to show up the midfield and go into a 4 3 3. But I didn't think Shaq had much, although he had a few nice touches, he didn't have really influence the game. No, I felt that City were still getting in behind us and De Bruyne was getting too much space. Um, and I feel like Cater would have allowed us to go back to a more protective of the midfield and actually maybe control the game. But then that's what we're lacking. We're lacking that the second half, someone who can link the attack to defence and play creative passes. Because all you're doing with Matic is kicking the ball downfield. And a lot of times these balls weren't even going that far or they were just really sloppy passes. So I think that's what affected us in the second half. But overall... You know, a draw like Sophie said to City, like you take that any day of the week. Um, just would have just liked to have killed City off, gone eight points claims to kill them off, you know. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But Angel, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was a um I thought it was a high quality contest, especially in that first half. I, I was very surprised with the four, two, three, one. Uh, a lot of the times during the game, I thought it was a four, two, four. You know, uh, Bobby kind of just stayed up a lot of the times, but um no, it was good. I, I agree with both of uh, Sophie and, and Wahomi's assessments. I think that um, Bobby, I think, was subbed a little too early, or if he was subbed, it should have been Nabi Keita on instead. Maybe you switch back to a 4-3-3. Three, three. 
I think in that second half, we were just absolutely exhausted. Um, mm. I thought Jeannie and Henderson did a fantastic job in the central part of the, uh, of the midfield. Um, but other than that, I think it was just a tough game for us in the second half. I think the pitch was extremely wet. Things are getting a little sloppy. And then obviously Trent Alexander-Arnold goes down. Um, never wanted to see that. But Shakiri, yeah, didn't really affect the game too much. I would have rather have seen Nabby. Maybe he could have gotten past one or two uh, midfielders and, and forced the ball in. But um, we saw Jota cool off a little bit as well. I would have liked to see him have a goal. He definitely had his chances. But, um, yeah, I mean, like they said, it's it's one-one draw. It's, it's a point, and, we're, and we'll take it going into the international break. Well, one of the consistencies that you kind of all touched on was was the second half. And when you think about the lineup that we went with, you know, we went with our best four attacking players on the field at the same time with Firmino, Jota, Salah, and Mane. So, I don't know. Did, did this game make you think that maybe having one of those guys on the bench to, to, to bring on when it's like this one of those like one of those games? Because I feel like when we brought Shakiri on, we were kind of missing some of that pace going forwards. And I think that's what – a guy like having bringing a guy like Jota off the bench is so valuable because he has so much pace and he has the fresh legs against go, like going against the tired legs. Like, you know, Sophie, what were your thoughts on that? Would you have rather like had one of those guys on the bench so you can bring them on to like affect the game going forward? Yeah. So I actually genuinely thought I was like hands on heart that it was going to be Jota, Marnie and Salad up front again and that Bobby was going to be benched for a bit. Bobby's been off form as much as I love him. He's not performing in his capacity mm. at the minute. So I thought he was going to be benched. Jota was going to be on 60-minute mark. He was going to swap them. And when I, saw, when I saw that all four of them were on the lineup, I was a bit like, well, okay, Bobby will play Cam. Bobby will be in holding midfield. He'll have that link between Henzo and Genie, and he'll supply the front three. Jota's been on form. Brilliant. And then when we started playing, and it was Mar um, Jota dropping back and then Bobby dropping back, and like they couldn't quite decide who was going to be in the yeah. midfield role which left us exposed in the midfield yeah. to De Bruyne and Gundogan. And it's just, I, I do think that one of them needs to be on the bench because Bobby and Jota can't really work on the pitch together very well. They don't complement each other's styles. They get in each other's way, I find. So putting one of them on the bench and bringing them on as a super sub could massively change the game. You know, when Bobby went off, complete change in pace in the game. The intensity completely dropped down. But had you been able to bring Bobby on at 60 minutes, front three linked together, good communication, it would have been absolutely fantastic. Or the other way around, flipped it. But no, I don't think we should see all four of them together again. Mm. What do you think, Mahomes? Are you shaking your head? No, no, I no, agree. I agree. I agree with Sophie. <laughs> I think like she's got a good point there. You know, like I, I, I said at the beginning of the game that it was a bold thing for Klopp, uh, and I did say in our last. Um, podcast, I didn't think that we'd go 4-2-3-1 against City. Um, I thought that was quite bold. Um, and also, I get it. He didn't want to... I think Bob Klopp just didn't feel comfortable dropping Bobby, especially after defending how he did in the week. He didn't feel comfortable dropping Bobby, so he thought he'd do he'd play him. And I think, like... I think the 4-2-3-1, for me, it works if you have a Thiago there. If you have a creative centre midfielder next to a defensive one, it works. I don't think it works when you have Ginny and Henderson there. And although you're saying, Andrew, they, that they both played well, yeah, they worked their socks off, but Ginny was at fault for the first goal. He left the Bruyne which should have tracked the Bruyne and allowed him to run in. He watched, he watched the highlights again. He was, he was, he was stood in the middle. The Bruyne was behind him. He was attracted to going to the wide because he thought he was probably still playing in a free midfield. And then KDB was left in space. And probably even Hendo, 
because that's the thing where I think like it doesn't work, you know. Um, and there was even a time in the second half where again it happened where De Bruyne Ginny got attracted to the wide flank and De Bruyne got left left in space. And I think that that's where that's where the imbalance comes in. It doesn't work with them two in there. And then obviously because of Firmino Jota aren't sure where they're positioning, it doesn't it doesn't work. But I think if you have a Thiago there who's control the possession of the game, can dictate and stuff, it won't work. So I don't I don't think I'd rather not see the four, two, three, one again with it with it being Hendo and Jimmy personally for me. Um I feel we become too exposed and become outnumbered in midfield. Um Otherwise, I agree, I think as well, like, I prefer someone on the bench to, to come off the bench, you know. Um, and I think Klopp needs to choose, like, if he wants to, he has to choose to jot for me, you know, he has to make that decision and say, look, the better team, as much as you might love Bobby, he, if Jota's been playing better, he should be on the bench. And I think that Firmino, again, his off-the-ball movement today is great, but I think there were times where I thought, like, He made the wrong decisions. Like when he shot instead of crossing to Jota, I thought, "Why are you shooting?" Like Jota's in the far post. Even the comments they said, the, the, the "Yeah, yeah, the there was post. space there. Yeah, there was definitely space there." But I want to get back to what you said about Wijnaldum because it looks like Andrew and Sophie may have disagreed with you a little bit on that. <laughs> well, I, I saw that. I saw that whole thing happening. Um, what happened was was Sadio Mane pressed the ball in City's defensive half. He got dragged pretty much all the way to Laporte. And nobody moved over to cover for him. So I think it was Cancelo or Gundogan made a nice switch to Kyle Walker. In that situation, Genie has to move over there. If he moves, if he doesn't move over there, then he, Kyle Walker's free to run right down the lane and just whip it across. If Genie doesn't move over, that's what he has. So he has to move over there. De Bruyne came in. Henderson was a little late making the cover, and Gomez was a little late as well. So that that's what happened. I mean, it's it's. I think City is just a great play by them. They had a, they switched the the play of attack, um, the, the point of attack, and they took advantage of a four-two-three-one situation. But I agree with you guys. I don't think that they should have. I don't think Klopp should have gone with a four-two-three-one in this match. I think that, um, especially against a team like City, when you know that they're going to play three midfielders two of which are, are holy midfielders and, the, you know, you give Kevin De Bruyne just room to run around the entire pitch, you're going to be exposed at sometimes, and that's what we saw in that goal. Sophie, get well, in there. Also, you can also no, probably I say... Completely okay. agree, like, and shush. <laughs> <laughs> is completely right there. You know, Jeannie got dragged over there, but the rest of the team didn't cover at the time. And let's not, let's be honest, at that point in the game, we weren't playing a 4-3-2-1. We were playing a 4-2-4. All the yeah. boys were up front, front line, going for got like going back. Everybody was pushing back. And at that point, Jeannie had no choice but to run across the pitch and try and make ground. There were two men on that midfield against arguably the best midfielder in the world, Kevin De Bruyne. You let him get that ball, he's banging across it to someone's feet, and nine times out of ten, they'll convert it to a goal, which you know he did. But you can't say that's Jeannie's fault because he's one person trying to cover two men in a wide area like no you can't blame it on Jeannie when Gomez should have pulled over Bobby or Jota should have been falling back anyway like no it's not Jeannie's fault yeah yeah I thought Jeannie had a I great believe. game too so go ahead, no, go ahead 
I was going to say, no, I mean, I completely agree. I thought Gini Wijnaldum played a great game. I mean, he, he and Henderson were left out to dry a little bit. You know, I was, I was really disappointed when I saw how little Firmino, Jota and crew were, were tracking back. It literally was a four, two, four for the most, for most of the game, especially after the first 30 minutes. Um, so I was really disappointed by that because Henderson and Wijnaldum had a huge task on their shoulders trying to, quiet three midfielders just just those two alone um you know especially you know protecting Matip who was his first game back thought he did a decent job but you have to give uh Jesus a lot of credit for, you know for that turn as well he he positioned himself pretty well on Matip he, he, he got the better position did he, he had the better position on him I don't oh, know if yeah. he meant to do it but he had to do it it was a complete and utter accident if you watch the highlights back the ball comes away from him and goes between his feet. And he kind of looked around to say, where's the ball gone? And then yeah. just pokes it into the goal. Like there was no way that was an intentional move. It was just a lucky shot that no one can stop. But but it's one of those things where I think if Matip, if this wasn't Matip's first game back, I don't think he would have allowed Jesus to have that positioning on him. But I think just like being a half, half a step slower, kind of getting back into the rhythm of things. It was like, Jesus got the better positioning. Like, he, on turned, the he turned Trent, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Like Matip was late okay. sliding over as well. So yeah, it was just, I think yeah. it was just a good goal by city. I think it was just a great, they, they worked the ball really well. Jesus got a little lucky in the end, but um, it, it was a good goal. But I, I think when I, when I thought about this game and I got, and I saw the lineup, I, I the first thing I thought to myself kind of going along with you, a homie was, Damn, if we had Van Dyke and Tiago in this lineup, like this, this would have been my my dream lineup because, well, the, the thing that we were missing the most was that first pass to feed the front four. You know, we we, we never really put them in a dangerous position. Um, most of the time, they when they were were receiving the ball, their back was to the net and they had to come to it. There wasn't many times that we played them through. So I think that was really the biggest thing was if we had a guy like Tiago, that really would have opened up the game and. Also, if Navi Keita was a little bit more healthy and, and had a few more trainings underneath him going into this game, I 100% think he would have started that game. We would have played a 4-3-3. And I think that was the fact that we played a 4-2-3-1 with Bobby in the 10. I think it was more reflective of the fact that Trump, uh, you know, uh, Klopp does not really trust him yet to play the 60, uh, 60 minutes yet starting. I agree with that, but he could have come on for at least 25 minutes. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, he should have. Um, yeah, because I think like that game was a bit stretched for a little bit, where I think he could have made a difference. Um, so I was surprised that we took, like I said, I was surprised we brought Shaq on instead of Keita. Um, but no, it's all hindsight, really. At the end of the day, really, you know, you can sit here and say this and that, but I was surprised. Yeah, I'm wondering how how often we'll use the four two three one with those four attackers on the pitch at the same time. I mean, I, I think it was Sophie who was saying it, but I think that um, we should have three of those guys on at one time. I, I mean, it's going to take some time for all four to to gel together, and you can't do it in these big games like like today. So I think in the big games, go with the four three three until that chemistry starts to develop, and then we can see where it is from there. Well, homie, one of the things that you brought up going into the game that you were looking at was you wanted to see us be clinical. And, you know, Firmino missed that early chance, you know, one-on-one with, um, you know, with Ederson. But then Jota missed that pretty good chance as well. I mean, you know, what, were you, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, I wouldn't say that they, those were goals that we should have scored, but they were kind of more of goals that we could have scored. I don't know. I think the Bobby one, he – a better touch. I think that's sad of going through goals to goal. 
for both one in the first few minutes. Jota won. The reason why I say Jota has scored because we've seen him score good chances like that before. I think the one where he against Atlanta was the two chances he had at Atlanta were much more harder for me. Um, so I just I feel like we've like I said that's why I, mean. I feel like we missed those chances like and they could have changed the the outcome of the game for us um, because I think the Jota one came before Jesus had that header. So obviously City missed their ones, but I think that came for the header. So I think that would have changed the complexion of the game. And plus, obviously, I feel like technically we should be 1-0 because that was never a penalty in a million years. So um, I didn't feel like Gomez could do anything from that to, to get out of the way from that. So I didn't think that was a penalty. Um, but I didn't like, you know, we need to be more, I think one thing I'm saying that will get away to City, we need to be more clinical um, in terms of like taking away our chances. Um, because if we do that, then, you know, with our firepower, we, we change the complexion of the game. I feel that that's the one thing, again, that we, we, we lacked today was that clinical that, that side to say, look, we're just going to take take the chances. Because even like when we go back to like 17, 18 season when we were beating City home and away, we were clinical. We didn't have that many chances, but we were clinical in terms of taking our chances. And that's why we won the games. Um, so that's why the thing I'd, I'd like to see us be a bit more clinical in front of goal. Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, I, I feel like other than Salah and Mane, uh, I mean, Jota as of recently, but we really don't have that guy who's really critical going forwards. Um, but so what did you think about the handball? Did you think that that was a handball by Gomez? Because per, like, honestly, hand up, I think it was. Um, yeah. Just because where, where it hit him, his arm was out there. I don't think it was on purpose, but it's, it's in the box. So. All right, so you tell me, when you're running, where do you put your hands? Do you put your oh. hands behind your back or do you do this motion? He's running, his left arm goes out and as soon as he sees the ball come in, you see him trying to pull it back. It hits his elbow as he's moving it back. When you compare it to the handball that was given earlier on this afternoon, yes, it hit him in the same place, but completely different body movements. Gomez in no way meant for that ball to hit his arm. He was trying to move it out of the way and I don't know what the FA or the Premier League want at this point. Like, Do you want us to actually just like take defenders' arms off them? Or do you want us to, to run behind, run with them behind your back? Like, it was never going to be, a, it was never a handball. And I think it was one of the commentators actually said during it, like, the ref doesn't want to give that because he knows it's not a penalty. And I just think when you've got a commentator and a pundit sitting there saying the referee himself doesn't want to give that, it's never a penalty, but he's got to give it, that just completely ruins the entire aspect of the game. It just makes a mockery of the rules. That, oh, it's not a penalty, but I feel like I've got to because we've got this VAR in place. Like, no, it, it wasn't a pen. I'm sorry, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it almost feels like, and it, especially when you think about VAR, it's just getting to the point where, like, how is it that we're, like, you know, the, we're the last league to adopt it and we're the ones who get it wrong the most? Like, like, how is that possible when you see how everybody else does it? How do we consistently, like, we have, like, we don't know what's a handball. Like, we don't know what a foul is in the box because it's never the same week in and week out. What, what is offsides? Is it from the elbow? Is it from the shoulder? It's, it's, there's no consistency at all. I think UEFA re recently wrote a letter or, like, reached out to, to FIFA for more clarification about the rules of the handball just because there's been so many com complaints in the Premier League and I think elsewhere as well. I mean, it's just been, it's just been brutal. I mean, if you're a defender at this point, you might as well just wear, like, a straight jacket and try to run in one of those things. It's just... You can't, you can't do anything. And if you're an attacker, you may as well just try to aim for somebody's hand. If, they're in, if you're in the box, just chip it up and try to hit them in the hand.
you're gonna get the call. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, it's VAR is just completely changing the game. It's like I feel like now, any, anytime there's a goal, there's no real like true celebration because everyone's looking around to see like, okay, like and, and they go into the you know to the video, and it's just like it's just ruining the game at this point. Um, but I think the biggest talking point coming kind of coming out now that it's a one-one draw is how long is Trent going to be out for? I mean, um, looked like it was a calf. I'm hoping it's not an Achilles injury, but, uh, you know, Sophie, what did, what did you think? I mean, he didn't get touched, so it could be a potential, you know, lengthy time on the sideline. Because when you, you see it, when he makes the run, he makes the run, he grabs straight away for his leg, the ball comes to him, he passes it off, and then he just stands there holding his calf. And then when the physios came on the pitch, where he was pointing to was the insides of his calf on his like more upper than his Achilles. So my first thought wasn't, oh, has he done his Achilles? My first thought is he got a soft tissue damage, you know, overstrain. There's a very heavy fixture list. He's played every single game for us without a break. And he's not, you know, I know he's a right back, but he doesn't stay in defence. He's constantly up and down that pitch time and time again, making runs, making crosses. It's no doubt that he's going to get sore, but I'm just hoping that it's not a significant injury and hopefully he'll just miss, you know, internationals. Yeah, it's too bad too. Cause it, I mean, they, they tried to take the necessary precautions in the uh, Atlanta game and they, they took him off and, and put Nico Williams in, but it's it just come to no avail. You know, I, I agree. I think it's just, uh, I don't think it's an Achilles. I think it would have been, uh, it would have been absolutely horrible if that, if that was the case, but uh, I think it's just a strain of, of the calf, which well, homie, would you say it was two to three weeks potentially? Well, that's what I saw. Obviously, but obviously, like Sophie said, there's no scans here. That's what I saw someone yeah. saying on Twitter two three weeks. I didn't think with Trent, it's just a blow that he was getting into form. You know, he started late. It was finally finding like been outstanding the last couple of games, and so it's a blow in terms of like his rhythm to now be off for like I don't know, it could be two to three weeks if it is worst come to worst. So, who do you play? Who do you play in that spot? Kind of play Neko, haven't you? You know. Well, homie, what do you think? I think we've got Leicester next. Yeah. Um, will I trust Nico Williams? I'll probably... Let's have anyone with pace to do they on the flanks. So we probably could play Nico Williams there because I don't think Leicester are going to really be ones that trouble us on the flanks in that sense. Um, I think Klopp might go with Milner because he brought, you know, just with the fact of the experience. So what do you think? I've just realised um, Fabinho's back after internationals yeah. as well. So if you do play Neko, you've got Fab. And Fab is always able to cover on that right side. So I think, again, Leicester, they're not very, you know, like you just said, they're not quick running down the wing. They're not going to cause too many problems, too many issues down there. And I think it would be a really good learning curve for this kid to get some minutes under his belt. And, you know, if he plays, you know, 50 minutes, 60 minutes, and then we, we sub him off for Millie, you know, at least he's got a little bit of personal growth. And I think you can't just sit there and say, oh, he should never play because... How are they going to develop a player if you don't play them? No, I agree. And I think that, especially in a game like that, and with us being having nine points in three games in the Champions League, we should start Matip against Leicester and, you know, pretty much save him for the Premier League matches, you know, while, while we're still in the group stages and, you know, play the young center backs, Nat Phillips or Reese Williams in the, uh, in the Champions League. But I think if you have a guy like Matip as cover for him, I think you can definitely have Nico in that right back spot. But Andrew, what are your thoughts? I don't think you can play Nico against Leicester. I think that uh, I think he I think he's a great player. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, 
but I don't think he has the wheels to, to face their attack. I mean, they're pretty quick up there with, with Vardy running through the lane. And I wouldn't feel comfortable. I think they would just target him all day long. Um, I was at, I had a little debate with Wahomey before this episode about who is who could potentially fill in. And I was hoping he would say it here, but he didn't hint at it. He said he was going to, he thinks that Fabinho could, could make a, an appearance there if he's, if he's healthy. And while I think that could be a good choice, my hot take is that I think that we'll see Matip, Fabinho in the, as the two center backs, if both are healthy. And then Joe Gomez on the right side, because he has the pace. He has a physicality that could deal with that right, that right wing or that left winger for, for Leicester. Um, yeah, we would be missing the offensive side of that. Maybe Fabinho would be a little better, but I don't think Fabinho has the wheels on the uh, on the outside that could deal with like a, a Vardy or, or whoever else is up there. I don't know, Bruce, but the, only thing I th- the reason why I said Fabinho offline was the fact that he played there for Brazil like quite yeah. a few games. And he also played there for Monaco quite a bit at times at right back. So, and he was very good defensively on going forward. I think the big the match when Monaco knocked out, Man United played right back um, in that game. That's why I was thinking like he could play there for Fabinho. He can, he has done that. Um, but I think probably Klopp will probably not want to play for being your right back. Yeah, um, that was my thinking. Central defense or midfield. So that's why I think he'll probably either go either Milner or Nika Williams instead. I mean, if, if you were to go that route, I would hate to see Gomez at right back. I, I just, he, he's not a right back. And like, I know he can cover there, but that's not. I think that's a waste of his abilities. I think having a guy like Fabinho there would be a better option because he's still creative enough to hit a good pass from the right back spot, but we don't need him to, 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 you know, go forwards super hard. You know, we can really rely on Robertson. That would give Robertson a lot more freeway to, Hey man, like when in, when in doubt go forwards, because we can cover on that side Fabinho knowing that he doesn't have the same wheels. He can sit back a little bit more and he can hit that long pass when he has to really think that Klopp is going to play a player completely out of position that he's never played for us before, has probably never trained in in training, when you've got a young 19-year-old right back sitting on the wings waiting to make the senior like debut. Do you really think he's going to go, well, actually, you're our only centre-back that we've got because Matip's made of paper, Virgil's up for eight months, oh, uh, Gomez is there, he's not the most, you know, you know, strength, you know, the strongest centre-back we've got. Um, yeah, by the way, Fab, you're going on the, in right back. Like, yeah. I just can't see Klopp making that decision. I yeah. think he's definitely going to go with the Nico Williams, um, Millie. Because Millie, Millie goes in left back, right back, centre-back, midfield, striker, goalie, you know, he goes everywhere. Yeah, and, and like, well, homie, like you like to say, he doesn't have the legs anymore. And you know how he like to play at the right back spot. So, I mean, I agree with Sophie. Like, number one option is play Nico Williams. But for some reason, if you don't play Nico, I, I would rather have a guy like Fabinho there and, and let Gomez, who's continued to play well at center back, stay there. Oh, hey, it's a I hot take like for that. a reason. It's a hot take for a reason. Yeah, I think, yeah, like I, said, I think <laughs> the other Nico, the other Nico Milner are the right back options. But also, my, my concern, obviously, is the fact that if we are going to play a Milner Williams at right back, Because in the past, when we've had Trent out, we've been unbalanced, to honest. Or we've had Robbo out, we've been unbalanced in terms of attack because we rely on the two fullbacks to provide the width. So the only way to compensate that is where we have, we'd have to have a Tiago back for that to work. He will be back, hopefully. 
Hopefully. The only other option we've got is if Tomiscus is back because he's meant to be due back after international, depends on fitness. Robbo, we know, is interchangeable either sides. He's swapped with Trent in mid-game. So if Tomiscus is back and fit and ready for the game, wouldn't couldn't that be an option? Put Robbo on the right, put Tomiscus on the left. Another hot take there. That's, not, that's, a, that's a pretty hot take right there. I mean... It happen, but you never could. I wouldn't hate it because, I mean, the, the very few that we've seen from Samikas, he can bomb forward. He's just as good as Robertson. Maybe not just as good as Robertson is, but he he's a worthy deputy to Robertson on the left side going forward. So having a guy like Robertson on the right, obviously defensively he'll definitely be able to hold his own. It may look a little bit differently going forward. So he may have to cut in more on his left. But, I mean, we, we probably won't miss a beat defensively. I mean, homie, what do you think about that? That's a good idea. I never thought about that. The fact that you know, uh, so that that is that's the potential. I wouldn't be against it. Um, doing that in you know in certain games, like because uh, I also wonder, like, um, yeah, because I think that could actually potentially work. You know, if we did that in certain games, so it wouldn't be totally against it. Um, playing that could still would still have the attacking element of it. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be totally against it if, if I was honest. If I saw that, we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> Hopefully, we get good news. Hopefully, we get good news from Trent, and it's not too bad. Hopefully, it's just a strain and he can, uh, you know, have a quick turnaround. But uh, let's get to our man of the matches. So, um, I'll kick us off. You know, my man of the match today, I think, is going to be Jordan Henderson. Um, I think back to back kind of captain performances, he worked his tail off. Um, you could even hear him screaming um, in the in the while you're watching the game. You could hear his voice out there, and um, huge leadership performance, a captain's performance from him. Um, tough game, especially in the midfield, playing two against three. But I thought he did a great job. So it's going to be Henderson for me. I'm going to be different. Well, I think Henderson's outstanding. I'm going to go with Allison because Allison made some big saves today, especially that catch at the end when we were under pressure and he came out and caught it, or when he. I think with the bit when Sterling nearly got in and Matic missed, Matic got missing the ball and Allison came out and cleared it. So I think like it could have been a lot worse for us. It wasn't Allison. Um, so I think like today, normally I'd say Henderson, but I think I'm going to go with Allison because of those interceptions and his uh, the way he took pressure off us when we were under the cosh. Yeah, you can tell he gives the he gives the guys in the back line like a breath of fresh air having him behind them. Yeah, he his communication's good, but then just I feel like there were so many times today where he like there's at least two times where he was off his line where guy like a guy like Mignolet or Adrian, one of those guys, would not have been off their line and City would have been in. Um, so like it, it looked like it was a like a nothing play, but the fact that he kind of plays like a sweeper keeper, you know, that was a that was a huge influence today. But you know, Sophie, who was your man of the match? Oh, I'm going with Jeannie. Uh, I'm okay. sorry. I love Jeannie anyway. But, uh, you know, look at it. You got 49 out of 55 successful accurate passes today. That's a conversion rate of 89%. He won all his ground duels. He won his aerial duel. You know, like I said before, he was basically on his own, marking Kevin De Bruyne. And normally you've got at least two players marking him for what he was up against. You know, he was fantastic. Yeah, he made mistakes. You know, they are going to make mistakes, but he pushed and pushed. And when he lost the ball, he had a dog with a bone. He was going for it again and he didn't right. relent. You know, 
when he made that mistake, you know, error, as you want to call it, where, you know, Kevin De Bruyne assisted uh, Jesus, you know, he could have easily at that point thrown a little bit of a tantrum and fallen into nowhere and just disappeared. And he didn't. He went again. And I just think that tenacity and that, you know, that drive, that I'm just going to keep going and going and going. That's man of the match material for me. I'm sorry, but I'm going with Genie. No, I love that because I feel like, Genie's one of those guys who gets slandered a lot by, um, you know, some weak-minded people in our fan base. No need to bring them up. We all know who they are. But um, when you looked at his performance today, I think you're 100% right. He played a fantastic game, and he made one mistake when he tried to turn, and, and he lost the ball, and it, it led to a pretty decent chance for City. But other than that, I thought it was almost almost a blemish-free performance from him. You know, he was reliable. He and Henderson, in my opinion, were the two best players in the field for us today, so... I'm right there with you, but Andrew, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really, really wanted to give it to Genie. I thought he was. Give it to Genie. Give it to Genie. I, I thought he was absolutely fantastic, but Jordan Henderson, he just put in a captain's performance. He didn't put a foot wrong, and I think he's one of the big reasons why Raheem Sterling was kept pretty quiet. Uh, I thought Trent did a pretty good job on him, and well, homie, we've been talking about how Trent uh, upped his defensive game recently. Um, so I thought he did really well before he came off as well. But Jordan Henderson is just a monster in that midfield. I mean, he's to, to do what they did, him and Jeannie, what they did today, outnumbered in the midfield. It was just absolutely fantastic. And he's just been putting his best foot forward every game. It's just he's Captain Fantastic. He really is. Yeah, I mean, it's. He just gives, again, just like Allison does in the back line, when, he, when he's in there, you just know he's going to be in the right position. And just like his the support and like the way he uses his voice on the field is, is something that is irreplaceable. Um, and you don't realize how valuable it is until he's not on the field. And um, I think that, yeah, definitely a captain's performance by man in the match as well. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, much needed point for us. We'll take it. Um, you know, I think we're now we're technically in third place with goal differential yeah. and everything, but we're ahead of the main people. We're in a good position going forward. Um, you know, I, I think this international break, especially with Trent's injuries coming at the perfect time, uh, two weeks off could be good for us. Hopefully the biggest thing, no one gets COVID. Let's all stay healthy. Like hopefully they stay healthy. Nothing there, but um, you know, that pretty much wraps up this episode of Yanks of the Cop. But uh, Sophie, thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate it. We'd love to have you back again sometime. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us. This is great. No worries. Thanks. Awesome. But uh, yeah, for everyone listening, we really appreciate it. Go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button if you haven't yet. But otherwise, we'll take the point up the Reds and we'll see you sometime during the international break for a quick season recap. But up the Reds. We'll talk to you next time. The Reds, baby. Reds. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. See you guys.